Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. The title of this morning's message is The Heart of the Father. Luke chapter 15. You know, it's interesting that uh, you say, you know, there's, you know, how, how do we know God? Right? How do we know God? Well, we have His Word, but God was manifest. God uh, came in the flesh. And we know God through Jesus Christ. And so here we see Christ's ministry here in the Gospel of Luke. And He's preaching, He's teaching, He's uh, telling these parables. He's teaching through parables. And... He's doing that, if you were to read chapter uh, 14 of Luke. And at the end, actually, I told you to turn to 15, but the last couple words of Luke 14, he says this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus says, hey, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So check your ears this morning. If you've got ears, right, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to us. He that hath ears to hear, he says, hey, listen, let him hear. Verse 15, or chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near, so Jesus says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him. Now the publicans, these aren't the republicans, these are, uh, these are a group of people, the publicans that were the middlemen between the Romans and the, the Jewish people, the Israel, where they were collecting the taxes and ripping the people off, and they were hated. They were hated. And so the publicans and the sinners drew near to hear him. Verse 2, and Pharisees, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. So here we see the Lord says, Hey, he that hath the ear to hear, let him hear. And, and who uh, draws near? Uh, the publicans and sinners. And, and the Bible says uh, that if we'll draw nigh to God, he'll what? He'll draw nigh to us. That is a promise. And he says, he tells us in God's word, faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so anything that Jesus Christ would say, he's the word incarnate, anything that Jesus Christ would say is the word of God. And so as Jesus is talking, this is how we can, as we hear the word and we believe the word, this is how we grow in our faith. So these folks, they come in and they begin to hear Him. I find it's interesting, there's kind of two groups of people that come to God to hear what He has to say, but one comes to hear, and the other group comes to murmur. Isn't that what you read there? One comes to hear, and one comes to complain. 
He's saying, hey, why is Jesus hanging out with these sinners? Why is Jesus even receiving this group of people? Why would he even talk to them, right? Why is he, this doesn't, don't, doesn't he know who they are? That's what they're saying. Why is Jesus talking to the sinners? Why is he talking? I think it's important how we come to God. Don't you agree with that? Humility goes a long way, doesn't it, in coming to God. Uh, The Bible says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is. Say, He is what? He is what He says He is. He's Creator. He's God. He's Christ. He is. And He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So, Jesus is teaching... The sinners are hearing, the publicans are hearing, the Pharisees and scribes are complaining. So Jesus says, all right, instead of just answering this directly, let me tell you some parables. Let me tell you some stories so that everybody here that's listening, the Pharisees and the sinners, can understand what I'm about. Or maybe say it this way, so that everybody can understand the heart of God, the heart of the Father, right? So he goes into his first story. Verse 3 of chapter 15. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And then Jesus says this, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more uh, than over ninety and nine just persons which need no Repentance. Of course, we know that there's none just in their own righteous. There's, there's really no one that needs no repentance. But Christ says uh, something here. He says uh, basically three words in this little passage I want to point out that Christ says. And the first one is lost. Yeah. Lost. The second one is found. Yeah, found. And the last one is rejoicing. Rejoicing. Here the Lord is showing the sinner and the Pharisee his love for the lost. His love for the lost. Now, remember, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are are the life of Christ leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. And this is the difference between Old Testament and New Testament, right? I mean, this is... Christ is what made the New Testament. His blood being shed is why we have a New Testament. And so this is groundbreaking news to the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew the law inside and out. The scribes knew the law, the law of Moses, the Old Testament, inside and out. This is groundbreaking doctrinal truth that there's joy in heaven over a sinner that repents. And they never heard that before. That was the first time they'd ever heard that there's joy in heaven. I mean joy in heaven, period, let alone over a sinner that repents. And then there's another groundbreaking truth that Jesus hits them with at this moment, is that God, the Father, is seeking the lost sinner. They had never heard that either. 
And this is this is this is news that that God would leave heaven and come to earth. For what reason? He said it. Jesus said it. He didn't like it's not gray. He said, I, I have come to seek and to save that which is what? Lost. Lost. That's what Jesus said. This is why I this is why I, God, came from heaven to earth. Is to seek and to save that which was lost. This is what he's trying to explain both to the sinner and to the Pharisee. And and this is a story that can I mean we can all relate to of something that just wanders off. Something that we I mean, you know with a small child, you're in a crowd, right? You're in a store, you're somewhere like that. And just for a second, your little child is, you look around, they're gone, what happens? Just immediately, you, you say, you know, it doesn't matter what else is going on in the world, does it? You say, I've got to find that child. You're like, and you know, you'd get everybody else involved. If it happened here today, we'd all be looking. I mean, that's just how it is. We would look for the lost. We would look until they were found. Then he goes on, look at chapter... 15 and verse 8. He says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Again, he uses another example. He uses this example of a, of a woman and these ten pieces of silver. These, these have to do with her uh, marriage jewel. That they would receive that. And that whether she wears it as a necklace or on her head, these ten pieces of silver, she wants all ten of them. It's a set. She needs it all together. It's like us losing a wedding ring. You can imagine that if you lost it, you know what you'd do? You'd look until you found it. Right? It's that thing that's important to you and you don't want to miss it. And so you're looking for it. And when she finds it, she's happy. Again, you see the lost, the found, right? And the rejoicing. Then he goes into another parable. He's trying to prove, make a point. He goes into another parable. In verse 11, he says this. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Here we see the younger son, the wasteful son, the prodigal son. He goes and he takes and takes what the father had worked for for so long and he wastes it on a life of indulgence and sin, riotous living. And when Jesus started this parable, the Pharisees of the crowd and the scribes of the crowd knew what the solution was for this problem right as soon as he started. See, the Pharisees and the scribes, as I've already said, they knew the law of Moses. 
And under the law, there was a something that was to be done to a son like this. Take your Bibles. I just want you to see this. This is some hard words here. Uh, but this is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, sometimes we're not so excited about the gospel until we realize what it would be like without it. Sometimes we don't realize how wonderful it is that Jesus Christ came and the New Testament is brought about. The grace of God, the, the salvation by grace through faith. Look what, look what the law says, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21. This was what Moses wrote. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 18. The Bible says, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father and the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, and he will not hearken unto them, then shall the father and the mother lay hold on them and bring them out to the elders of the city and to the gate of this place. And they shall say unto the elder of the city, and This our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones, and he shall die. So shalt thou put away evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. And as Jesus is telling this parable of this prodigal son, the Pharisees are living under this law, the law of Moses. They're living under the Old Testament during the time of Christ. And they're thinking, well, I know how this story is going to end. Right? As Jesus is talking, they're like, justice is going to be done according to the law of Moses. I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful for the New Testament. I'm thankful for the grace of God because, my goodness, if I get what I deserve, if I got what I deserve, my goodness, this is, this is wonderful. What we have in Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Jesus continues his story back in Luke 15 and verse 14. And he's digging the hole deeper for this wasteful son, this prodigal son. He says, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. So he'd gone to the far country. He'd wasted everything that the Father had given him. And he began to be in want. When I read that verse, I have underlined in my Bible, Psalms 23, 1, that says this. This, this prodigal boy began to be in want. But Psalms 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says he began to be in want and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he went and, uh, and sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now, if you know anything about Jewish culture, pigs are the worst. Swine is the most unclean thing. And it's unclean for us, but for them, no way. Now this boys out there feeding the swine and would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Now he's eating pig food. He's eating swine food. And no man gave unto him. This, this boy here is going through some hardships. He's eating the... I mean, would you agree that this, this boy has hit rock bottom? He's hit rock bottom. Verse 17. And when he came to himself... 
And he's sitting out there feeding the pigs. And, you know, he come, came to himself and said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. <laughs> you know, he's sitting out there thinking, I have been deceived. I am living, uh, this is crazy. I mean, I had it so much better at the father's house. I had it so much better back on the farm. He said, I will arise and go to my father. You know what this is? This is repentance. This is repentance. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He'd been in the far country. How did he get to the far country? He got there by rebellion. He realized that the far country was not what he expected it to be. It was not what he thought it was going to be. You know what he realized when he got out to the far country? He'd been deceived. You say, where's the far country? Uh, the far country is anywhere where you're out of fellowship with the Father. Amen. You can be in a church pew and be in the far country. But the truth of the matter is, you can be anywhere in the world and be in home with the Father. It's about our fellowship with Him. It's about our relationship with Him. Uh, to be lost, to be lost is to be out of fellowship with God. You know why Christ came? Again, I'm, I'm, I want to keep going back to why Jesus is telling these stories. He's trying to get a point across to the Pharisees, the scribes, the publicans, and the sinners. Why am I here? Like the Pharisees are like, why is he talking to sinners? And Jesus is like, why else would God come down from heaven? I mean, this is why I'm here. And by the way, the Pharisees and the scribes were just as, need, as much in need of him as anyone else. To be lost is to be out of place, out of service, just not right with God. Do you know that the Bible tells us that if we, when we receive Jesus Christ, we receive His imputed righteousness? You know what that means? That we're made right with God. Made in right standing, right fellowship with God. How? By the Gospel. By Jesus Christ. And so the boy is having this, this uh, understanding of, I need to repent, I need to go home, I need to be right with my Father. And so verse 20, he didn't just think it, he acted upon it. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, I mean, Jesus is showing these folks some things. There, here's the heart of the father. This boy is a, a great way off. You've got to picture this story of this boy who's been living with the pigs. And he comes walking back down the lane that headed to the farm, the family farm. And when he was a great way off, boy, the father, I believe, had been looking for him every day, don't you? <laughs> the father had been looking for this boy. I guarantee every day while business was going on around the farm, the father's looking and being like, man, when's he going to come home? When's he going to come home? Looking down the lane, and as soon as he saw him a great way off, he knew his walk didn't he? He knew who it was. He probably had gotten a lot skinnier and been a lot different looking in the sense of, but he knew his son when he saw him. He said, when he was a great way off, the father uh, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, it's like he didn't even hear what the boy said. And that he said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Oh my goodness, this is, this is the, the, the repentance that the boy went through is a complete opposite direction from going away from the father to going back to the father. The, the call is now found. He's saved. He's reconciled to God. The boy now can have purpose in his life. And you know what the father shows here? The joy of forgiveness. The joy of forgiveness. He had compassion. He ran. He embraced him. He kissed him. The father said, hey, bring the best robe. Uh, the best robe was surely the father's robe. He said, bring, bring the best robe. He said, put a ring on his finger. The boy's saying, that I want to be a servant of yours, dad. He goes, no, 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 no. I want everybody to remember your son. Uh, put the ring on his finger. He says, put shoes on his feet. What's that? He's, he's saying, hey, you, you smell like pig. <laughs> you know, you've, been, you've been in some bad places. Uh, he says, but I don't want anybody to know it. Let's cover that up. Let's put that robe and cover it up. Let's put some shoes on. Let's not talk about your past anymore. Uh, here's the wonderful thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else may remember your past, but when you turn to God and ask for forgiveness and, and in repentance, He forgives and reconciles you. He says your sins are as far as the east is from the west to the depths of the sea. When you're forgiven by God, it is forgotten by God. This is good news for anyone who's a prodigal. <laughs> this is good news. And so he comes as this repentance and reconciliation. And at this point of the story, certainly the Pharisees and the scribes are like, what? And this is all new to us. And the publicans and the sinners are like, we like this story, right? I mean, we've never heard this kind of stuff before. I guarantee the publicans and the sinners are like, is this how the Father thinks? We never heard this side of God before. We never heard this. This isn't what the Pharisees teach us, is what God's like. This was all new to them. We've never heard this before. The Father says in verse 23, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be what? Mary. You see it right there. Lost, found, and rejoicing. The Father says, hey, it's time to rejoice. Just as He said that there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. You know what Jesus is telling them? This is the joy of salvation. This is the joy of heaven. You say, what makes heaven happy? What brings God joy of those that return to Him? Those that in repentance go back to God. This is the joy of salvation. This is the joy of heaven. This is the joy of finding. This is the joy of returning. This is the joy of forgiveness. I mean, everybody's happy here. The boy's happy. The father's happy. God says when this happens as a sinner, heaven's happy. There's rejoicing. Listen, we've got to remember the joy of salvation. The joy of the gospel. The joy of the New Testament. 
what Je- why Jesus Christ came and what His death, burial, and resurrection means for us is that we can be in right fellowship with God, whether we're the Pharisee or the sinner. The Father says, my son was dead, but now he's alive. Jesus said, I am the what? Life. The Father said he was lost, but now he's found. Jesus says, I am the way. He was deceived in the far country. Jesus said, I am truth. This is good news for us. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The joy of forgiveness. And again, I can see the faces of the Pharisees and the scribes as Jesus tells this story and they're looking at him kind of like, you know, I, you know, he's talking about all this joy and I'm guaranteeing the sinners are like, okay, this is good. The Pharisees are like, this is not what Moses said, right? This is, hold on, where are you getting this, right? You know, and so he goes on with this story. He introduces another person and I guarantee as he introduces this other person, he's looking directly at the Pharisees as he's talking. Verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came drew nine of the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called to one of the servants and asked these things, what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother has come, <laughs> and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, and hath re- because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was what? Angry. He was angry. And would not go in. And here's... I want to stop for there for a second. The elder brother is allowing the goodness of God toward the sinner, toward toward his prodigal brother, to now affect his relationship with the father. He should have went in. Why? Because the Father was in there. That's the thing about the Christian life. We want to be with the Lord. It's not, we're not going to let other people affect our relationship with God, are we? Through unforgiveness, through bitterness, through anger. He wouldn't go in. But here's, I don't want you to miss this. The heart of the Father is not just for the sinner in the sense of the prodigal. You know what the father did when he saw his elder son angry and waiting outside? Look it. Therefore came his father out and what? Entreated him. This is the heart of the father. Before we get too hard on the Pharisees, do you know that Jesus Christ died for the Pharisees? Do you know that Jesus Christ loved the scribes and Pharisees just as much as he loved the publicans and sinners? They're all in the same boat to God. All in need of Him. Do you know there's some pretty uh, famous Pharisees that realize the love of God? Nicodemus. Paul the Apostle. These are Pharisees that recognize their need for Jesus Christ and came to Him. And so the Father comes out to the elder son and says, Hey, come on in. He answered and said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. I mean, he's a keeper of the law. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son came, which, uh, which hath devoured the 
thy living with harlots and hath killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he, was, he is now found. This unforgiveness in our Christian life will steal our joy. He's speaking to the Pharisees here and saying, hey, there's joy in forgiveness. And this bitterness and unforgiveness that can come up in our lives will steal our joy, will affect our relationship with God. Jesus, the Father, says to the Son, it is meet that we should make merry and be glad. You know, there's times in our life, in our Christian life, when we see those repent and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that if the angels in heaven are rejoicing in the presence of God, then we that see it and witness it should be rejoicing for those that receive Christ, for those that find forgiveness. Whether they're the sinner whether they consider themselves the sinner or the Pharisee. This attitude of heaven is joy toward the sinner that repents. That joy of salvation. So why did Jesus Christ tell these three parables? It was to introduce both the sinner and the Pharisee to the heart of the Father. The joy of heaven is the joy of salvation. The joy of heaven is that God came in the flesh through Jesus Christ, that the lost should be found, that there's rejoicing. Now, unlike the shepherd and the woman who went and sought after and went to seek after the sheep and the coin, the father in the story of the prodigal didn't go seeking after the son. He was looking for him to come, but he didn't go seeking. It was the memory of the Father's graciousness and goodness that brought the Son back to the Father. The goodness of God, the Bible says, leadeth thee to what? Repentance. As you think of the Father this morning and His graciousness toward us, would we come to Him? It might not just be for salvation, but please come to Him for salvation, but it might just be for renewed fellowship. Sometimes there's things that come into our lives, sin that comes into our lives, bitterness, unforgiveness, things that begin to separate it. And you know what? If you recognize that there's no joy, that we're not looking around and seeing the lost being found and that bringing joy to our heart, then know that maybe our heart's a little, a little bit away from the Father's heart because the Father's heart's all about seeing the lost found. That's the joy of heaven. That's the joy of the Father. That's the joy of salvation. And that is the lost being found. Let me say this. In, in today's culture, today's society, Jesus was then accused of being friends with sinners. But as you study Jesus' life, He did not compromise one bit. Jesus was all grace and He was all truth. The Bible says He was full of grace and truth. He didn't compromise. He didn't uh, cater to the sinner. It wasn't like Jesus tried to make them comfortable in their sin. But you know what He did do? He cared for them. You say, how do you know He cared? Because He came. Jesus cared because He came. 
Jesus cared because he came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He showed his love. He showed his caringness because he came to earth. And again, the whole point of this to the Pharisees and to the sinners is saying, hey, uh, of course I receive sinners. Of course I, I receive everyone. That's why I came. If you'll repent, if you'll come to me like the prodigal son, I'll put the robe on you, the robe of righteousness. I'll, put the, I'll make you a, a child of mine. I'll bring you into the family. And if you're the elder brother, I'll try to restore my fellowship with you to see the joy of forgiveness and the joy of salvation. The joy of being home. The joy of returning to the Father. The joy... Of forgiveness. You know what this is? This is the gospel. This is the good news. That's what the, the gospel means. It means good news. That Jesus Christ came. I mean, you read some of the some of the, the law of Moses. Paul says, Paul says, Have you not heard the law? You know, you try to keep the law, have you not heard the law? The wonderful part of the the, the gospel is, is that Jesus Christ came and made a way to, for us to be right with God by faith. Complete forgiveness. This is the joy. The joy of repentance. You know, we think of, uh, we don't like that word repentance. But that's a good word. That's a good word. It was a good thing in the prodigal's life that he came to himself, wasn't it? That he got up and left that pig pen and went back to the Father and admitted to the Father that he was wrong. And my goodness, that's where the joy comes in our lives is when we confess our sin to God and He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the thing. If you've experienced the joy of forgiveness, you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive those that have trespassed against you. If you've experienced the forgiveness of God, then we have to be able to forgive those around us and show that grace. And you know what? Ultimately in that, that's the joy of salvation. That's the joy of heaven. And we, as a child of God, can have the heart of the Father. You say, what is that? There's the lost and the found and the rejoicing. So in our lives, as we look, maybe in our past, I don't know, when I read this story of the prodigal son, I put myself there. There was a time in my life when I was not in right fellowship with God, that I was in the far country in my own mind and in my own heart. And there was a time, I remember it, it was a day and a point when I, when I went back to God and I asked for forgiveness and I asked Him to have mercy on me and change my life, and He did. When I read the story of the prodigal son, so many times it's easy to see myself in there. That doesn't mean everybody sees themselves as the prodigal. Maybe you, as you're reading through this, see yourself as the Pharisee. And I'm not saying that in a bad thing. Maybe you see yourself as the elder brother. But you know what the Father says to you? Come on in. It's, it's meat. It's, it's the right thing that we rejoice over the sinner. Yeah, the, the, the elder brother, he had some virtues. He was faithful. He was obedient. He was all these things. Uh, he didn't do what the younger brother did. But the father says, hey, I love you just as much as I love him. And we can rejoice together in that. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that as we study this uh, passage, Lord, that you would give us your heart. God, that we would have this heart uh, that you have for the lost, for those that aren't 
in a relationship, the right relationship, who have not experienced salvation, new birth, to go from dead to alive, God, that we would seek the lost and give them the good news, the news that, uh, God, that You can forgive and that You will forgive if they, if they ask. Lord, we love You. We thank You for this story. We thank You that You love us. God, we love You because You love us. And we're thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.